Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Paula Sargero Show. We will be here until 5 o'clock uh, this evening. Uh, joining us today for the uh, for our, to begin is uh, Executive Director uh, at New Hope, uh, Marsha Szymanski. Uh, we're going to be talking about some events uh, that New Hope has going on, kind of an update with the organization, what's been working. Uh, so I hope everyone's enjoying uh, the weather, 51 degrees. Uh, our thermometer reads here at uh, WARA. Uh, so, uh, Ms. Szymanski, thank you again for joining us today. Thank you, Paolo, for having me. It's great to be back here on WARA. Absolutely. Uh, I know last time we, we did an entire kind of uh, who you are, what New Hope is, and we kind of did an educational program. So this is kind of like a nice little uh, update for our listeners. Uh, so what, what has what's New Hope been up to? What's been going on? Well, we just finished, uh, or this week we'll finish uh, Sexual Assault Awareness Month. So um, April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month as well as uh, Child Sexual Abuse Prevention Month. So we've been out in the community quite a bit. We've worked at uh, Wheaton College. We did a couple of programs at Wheaton College. We've done some programs at some local high schools. I believe we were at Norton High. Um, trying to remember some of the other high schools. But we've been out in the community quite a bit. We did a number of programs at libraries. We had the Clothesline Project, which is where survivors can uh, make uh, T-shirts that talk about their abuse and what they suffered, and also people can come and view them. So we've had a lot going on this month, and um, Unfortunately, we know sexual assault is still happening out there. The good news is that since the Me Too movement has uh, burst onto the scene, we're seeing more and more people calling for services, and that's great that people are feeling empowered to pick up the phone and call. Uh, our hotline calls are up about 80% wow. from when the Me Too movement really came into um, sort of mainstream press uh, in October of, 2017 I believe I'm trying to remember all the dates yeah. and uh, people have really just been reaching out and that's fabulous um, to the point that we're actually now um, starting waiting lists for counseling services in the Attleboro and Taunton area because we're just been so jammed but the good news is that we have hired more staff uh, we have had some staff trained in some different modalities since I was here last EMDR which is really good for people who are suffering with post-traumatic stress syndrome. Um, we have a child um, therapist who is actually bilingual in Spanish, so we're able to work with uh, more with the Spanish-speaking population, which has been great. And we're just really keeping busy. We're doing a lot of work right now with Sharon High School. There was an incident of a long-term teacher in the Sharon High School who was recently convicted of sexual harassment and assault on some of the students there. So Sharon High has reached out and we've been doing some work and we continue to do work with them around um, working with the educators, the teachers, and the students. Um, so we've been very busy. Um, of course, the, cart, the court work continues, the shelter work, uh, always never enough shelter beds in the city, in, in the whole state, actually. So, um, you know, one of the things we hope to do long range is to build a new domestic violence shelter. That's sort of a long range vision right now. 
Yeah, so. it's great to see to hear that um, you guys are working with high schools. I know at, uh, when I went to Bristol Community College at one point, uh, New Hope would be then. I believe they. I don't know if the clothesline project was part of New Hope, but I remember seeing uh, the T-shirts down our. Uh, yes, our and hallway. we did do some things with Bristol Community College this uh, past April as well. So, and we have a good relationship with Bristol Community College. Uh, Rodney Clark, who's the mm-hmm. Attleboro dean, is on the New Hope board. Oh, okay. So it's been a great association with. Trying Trying to work closely because we know that um, the folks, well, at any university or college, but certainly at BCC, uh, they're right in our back door, so to speak. And so being able to work with the students there and the administration has been great. Absolutely. Folks, we are in studio with uh, Executive Director uh, Marsha Szymanski. We're going to take a a quick break, um, and then we're going to come back and talk more about uh, some safety tips for uh, individuals out there and maybe some uh, up-and-coming projects. So stick around. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to the Paul Girl Show. We will be here until 5 o'clock uh, this afternoon, as always. In studio with us today, we have Executive Director of New Hope, uh, Marsha Szymanski. And uh, so we're going to talk about, uh, so New Hope has some up-and-coming uh, events. Uh, so what uh, new events or up-and-coming ones that uh, should people uh, kind of know about? Okay, thanks. Yes, we have our 10th annual Highlights of Hope Breakfast, which is going to be on Tuesday May 21st. It's at Dean College in the Guidry Center. It's a complimentary breakfast, although there is uh, an ask during the event to try to help raise some funds. But really during that event, we try to do some education. We'll have a couple of survivors speaking, telling their story and how New Hope has uh, helped them in terms of their own healing process. And we will also be giving out some awards. So we will be honoring uh, Kelly Fox with Christmases for Kids for her community work. And she has provided Christmas gifts to New Hope clients as long as I can, anyone at New Hope can remember. So we really want to honor the Christmases for Kids and Kelly Fox. We're also honoring Bristol County Savings Bank, who's been a supporter of New Hope for probably the 40 years that we've been in existence, and I will talk about the 40 years. Um, And then we're honoring the ARC of Bristol County. We've been working with the ARC for the last two and a half years to really increase our capacity to work with clients who have intellectual and developmental disabilities. So we want to honor the ARC. And then also we're honoring a woman named Andrea Piscopo, which some people may have seen an article in the Sun Chronicle or on Facebook if they follow us. Uh, Andrea ran three marathons in 24 hours to raise money for New Hope, and she's a survivor. She's used our services. She's also um, been great about just supporting and giving back trying to help other survivors and to do what she can to give back so the breakfast will honor those four um, groups and or individuals and we're really excited about that so uh, the other thing i should have started with that is uh next month in may New Hope will celebrate 40 years of service to the community and to survivors of sexual and domestic violence so we're really excited uh sad in a way that we have to still be around 40 years later but uh just to give our viewers some history on this i always like to start out by saying you know do you believe that one person can make a difference and back in 1979 one woman named edie palmer 
noticed that a lot of people she knew were struggling with domestic and sexual violence. So she went to the Plainville Police Station, I'm not sure why Plainville, but talked to the chief there about how they could possibly answer phones from survivors in their homes. So they set up a system, and it was really the beginning of our hotline. And that first year, they answered nearly 500 calls. Wow. And the next year, they started the shelter program. So one person really, if you think about what can one person do, I think the genesis of New Hope shows that one person can really make a difference. And from that, New Hope now has almost 80 employees, and we're serving 41 cities and towns. So wow. it's very exciting. And we, were, we are going to have some events later this year that we'll be talking about. Not a big gala, but at some, um, some events around the area to celebrate and honor the work that uh, was started by those who came before me and looking to the future to really um, – hopefully end this public health crisis. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it, it's amazing. It, it I don't it's like a double-edged sword when you're seeing um, the phone calls increasing. It's almost like that's wonderful that they're comfortable enough to to call and seek help. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it's also bringing such awareness to these statistics, you know. Absolutely. Any I remember um, in criminal justice courses we look at statistics and uh, I would always say it's really not accurate. I go mm-hmm. there's tons of people that don't report. Um, right their instance, their uh, their events or, or what's going on. Um, but at the same time, like you said, for 40 years, it's great that that service is still out there for um, the victims. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it's like, we're, we're, yeah. Right. And in 40 years, things have changed. I mean, when we started, it was, quote, unquote, a battered woman's movement. And now we talk about survivors. We recognize that any gender, I mean, we've had men in shelter. We just recently had two men in shelter. So we have uh, the whole gamut. We're working more with LGBTQ folks. Again, I mentioned people with disabilities. Um, So the whole movement has really changed from just that, you know, really white suburban Mm -hmm. domestic violence survivor who is still there and we still serve those folks. But more and more, we're seeing people who are struggling with poverty, racism, homophobia, transphobia, developmental disabilities, um, immigrants, mm-hmm. people whose language, English is not their first language. So, And we're saying, how can we reach out to those folks? Because as you said, sometimes those are the folks who are least likely to reach out for help. Yeah, and, and it's, it's across the board because I remember uh, – talking to specific individuals and residents in um, of cities, and they said, you know, we're just not – this is um, on a smaller scale, but saying they're not even comfortable uh, talking to, like, their city councilors. They go, because mm-hmm. they don't – you know, if you have an entire city council, you know, all, you know, old uh, – you know, for lack of a better term, old white men that exactly. – and you feel like, you know, you're from the east side of Attleboro, and you're typically Hispanic or minority – and you're like, I don't feel comfortable. Like they don't, you know, they don't want to talk to me. Or sometimes they're even embarrassed because you know their English is broken, or they don't know how to communicate as effectively. But mm-hmm. it's the it goes across the board. So it, it's nice to hear that you guys even have uh, employees that are bilingual too. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we're really struggling and trying. I mean, it's a priority for us to have more diversity in our staff, to have more diversity on our board. I think we've done a good job on our board. Uh, when I got here, we had one person of color. Now we have. We have a Muslim woman, we have um, a couple of Latino women, we have um, 
Rodney Clark. One, two, from, yeah, from, we have three. We had four African-American folks. One just moved out of state. So um, if anybody out there is looking to um, talk about joining the board, I'm specifically looking for people who have a background in HR, which would be wonderful if anybody out there in the human resources field is listening and is interested in community service, I'll give a little plug for that. Sure. And if they wanted to, if they wanted to uh, contact New Hope or Mm -hmm. um, how can they uh, go about doing so? Well, first I want to just give the hotline. If someone's in crisis or someone needs any assistance or has any questions, and it doesn't necessarily have to be for you. If it's a family member, a friend, and you're just like, how do I reach out? How do I start a conversation? You can call our hotline, which is 1-800-323-HOPE, which is 4673. So if it's easy to remember, 1-800-323-HOPE. Anyone out there who has other questions about our breakfast, about board service, about volunteering, you can call our main number, which is 508-226-4015. Perfect. Because I know, and um, you guys are also on social media too, so that's mm-hmm. always another outlet Absolutely. people can always um, can reach out. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Absolutely. And, and I know you guys always post uh, uh, resources out there too, and I'm always amazed by uh, the statistics. There's always a statistic out there. I'm just like, oh my. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you see it, right. it's just like, I can't believe. Right. Well, when you were talking about uh, people afraid to come forward, I mean, in terms of sexual assault, we know that that is one of the least reported crimes. Um, I don't, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but it's probably close to 70% of sexual assaults go unreported. Wow. So it's a huge number. And then of those that do get reported, um, minuscule amounts of people wind up serving any jail time for the assaults so yeah i haven't um i haven't followed this specific case entirely mm-hmm. to be honest but in the news obviously robert Kraft is always um you always see some headline it's uh like i said i haven't seen the, the you know i know the general consensus mm-hmm. of it but anything but uh what, what's uh, your take on uh robert Kraft and his situation that's been going on well um Thanks for asking that. (laughs) So it's really um, very disheartening and troubling to when the news broke that uh, Robert Kraft had been um, found or alleged to have participated in, um, I don't know what you want to call it, uh, sexual, uh, purchasing sexual uh, favors at a spa that is alleged to have human trafficking. I know I've I've kind of been following it a little bit, and I know that lately they're saying, well, there was no human trafficking involved. Honestly, I would dispute that. These are women who spoke no English, mm-hmm. were living at the spa, did not have the ability to leave the spa. Their passports had been confiscated, and they were in there working you know, many, many hours a day. To me, that sounds like human trafficking. So uh, I don't know. Again, I'm not following it closely, but um, I, a couple nights ago, I also went to a forum in Foxborough on human trafficking. And as one woman spoke who had been in the trafficked and was working in prostitution and is now working in Worcester to help people get out of that life um as she eloquently said if there were no purchasers there would be no 
exploitation. There would be no human trafficking. So uh, unfortunately, too often, the criminal justice system has fallen on the women. Uh, even to this point, we know that two of the women that worked at this spa have been arrested. Uh, I don't know what's happened to, obviously, was more than just Robert Kraft. Obviously, mm -hmm. he's not in jail. I don't know if any of the other men were arrested and put in jail. But um, again, it's just, to me, it is a case of human trafficking, and it's very discouraging. Uh, the Kraft Foundation has done amazing work in the communities, and, you know, New Hope has been a recipient of their generosity. And so it's really hard to see this because the Patriots Foundation has done really good work in the communities. And so I guess one of the questions is, um, you know, can someone be forgiven for this and move on? Can this be something that someone can admit and recognize their role in this issue and, and try to uh, have some restorative justice around this. Um, I don't know. These are all questions. The more I hear, the more questions I have, I guess. But uh, sure. it was just very troubling. So Yeah, you know, it's a, you know, just the act in general. And, and I hate when people say, oh, you know, oh, there wasn't human trafficking. Like, that doesn't justify right. still what he, what he was involved right. in. Right, because as someone said, uh, and again, I go back to this woman uh, in Foxborough who was so eloquent. She said, if you are paying someone for sex, basically you're exploiting that person, which is true because no little girl or little boy grows up to say, I want to be a prostitute or I want to be involved in this business. Uh, usually uh, these folks are groomed by the pimps. They are... Um, the pimps prey on people who are vulnerable, whether it's someone who's just being bullied or someone that's just coming out of jail or just coming out of a detox program or someone who is living on the streets and needs money. Um, so unfortunately, uh, the pimps will groom them and then they are making money selling these women. So you may think you're just coming in and paying someone for a sexual act, but basically you are really a big part of the problem. So. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because I remember being in uh, some of my courses, we talk about these specific cases where a lot of these people would hang out at bus stops on purpose to, to find mm -hmm. someone that looked vulnerable coming off the bus. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, they, they ran away exactly. from, from home or whatnot. And it was still, um, it was one of those things maybe you don't think about ever you know that happening but for them that you know they have that that mindset they're trying mm -hmm. to find that person who's vulnerable and they were hanging out at bus stops specifically to find that person coming off the bus exactly and now with the advent of the internet i'm going to date myself and say pre-internet days when i was young and growing up uh you knew there were areas where people hung out where people who were working the streets so to speak nowadays that doesn't necessarily need to happen you can be uh, targeted online in a chat room through social media and really groomed and then wind up going to meet someone and next thing you know you're in the life so. yeah and um i know uh so we, we still have a few more minutes until our break. So I know New Hope has um, some tips and advice uh, for uh, in, in terms of technology uh, because, like you said, someone can uh, attempt a crime or, uh, or try to uh, – 
know, go after someone through the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so what's some things that maybe um, people probably don't think about that, you know, if, you know, if they're just something to be cautious of mm-hmm. while they're on mm-hmm. uh, online? Well, I think with uh, social media and certainly with cell phones, I think it's important to, first off, don't share your passwords. I think that's a really important thing. And sometimes when you're in a relationship and you think you know this person, and so you may share your passwords, that's the first way someone can get into and access to all of whatever you have on your phone. Uh, There are a lot of tracking devices on phones. There are a lot of apps that have tracking devices. And also, if you are putting out on social media, I just checked into, um, you know, downtown City Hall or Emerald Square Mall, as we were talking earlier. Um, That's a way that people can track you. But you may have a lot of tracking devices on your phone that you're not even aware of. Uh, People also put GPS on cars. So you may be driving around and someone can be tracking where you're going, where you're driving, you know, so what what addresses you're stopping at. I mean, the tracking is unbelievable. The, um, the abusers are way ahead of the folks who are trying to stop this. They're always one or two steps ahead. So um, the other things you can do is... I mean, we've seen a lot of this, you know, in terms of sending pornography across, you know, revenge porn. Sometimes, you know, first off, you may take a picture that's got some, you know, sexual content. You may, you know, someone may take a picture of their body, their genitals, whatever, uh, and send it to someone that they think is a friend or someone they're in a relationship. And then if the relationship goes bad, sometimes that information gets spread across the internet. So I would just caution people first off, maybe think about not taking the pictures. And secondly, recognizing that once you send something out to one person, you've really lost control of what happens to that. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, another thing I always used to uh, say is like, even if you're at specific uh, locations, um, and you're taking pictures, don't post it up right away. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you're posting up right away, you know, someone could say, oh, they're still there. You know, it's the same idea. I used to always say, if you're going on vacation, never never post about it. Right, exactly. You know, and never post any pictures about vacation that day because now everyone's like, oh, the house is empty. But mm-hmm. the same idea, if you're at specific, um, you know, events or uh, you're shopping, you don't mm-hmm. have to post a picture right away. Just, just wait and then, because now it's like, you know, s- say you post it later, now that person's at the mall. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, good luck trying to find them right, <laughs> you right. Know? really so i mean the other thing though is that with again with technology just evolving uh, it's so easy for someone to take a picture and superimpose someone's face on it uh, send it out there you, you just don't know what's happening and now there's uh, new apps where people can use different phone numbers um Someone's voice can be um, changed in terms of gender or tone. So there's so many ways that someone can really, it's really cyber stalking is what Mm -hmm. it is. So, and then things like revenge porn that can really impact someone um, in a really destructive way. Sure. Folks, we are in studio with uh, the executive director of New Hope, Marsha Szymanski. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and we will um, start to wrap things up and then uh, we'll uh, we'll get back in the second half of the show. We'll do uh, your requests and, 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 and song dedication. So stick around. We'll be right back after these messages. 
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we are in studio with uh, Executive Director of New Hope, Marsha Szymanski. Uh, we got done uh, talking about kind of uh, uh, the, the social age, if, if you will, the Internet and how it's being um, utilized for uh, specific crimes. And we were talking about the location services uh, along with these different apps that change uh, one's voice or um you know, change their voice to make them sound, you know, as a different gender or whatnot. And the other thing that I was, uh, I had thought about was just the location services on uh, your cell phone. Now, you know, if you go into your, your settings, you'll always, it'll say like location services. And I think if you click it, it turns blue. Or if you, you know, shut it off, it's just gray. So that's something to always think about too, because it uh, some of these apps will automatically have that defaulted. Uh, so it's something to always think about um shutting off but we were just talking about how uh, nowadays that there's always uh like a, a, a less expectation of privacy um with the internet exactly we see that a lot um so i think it's really important to just really understand that when you're downloading an app there's a likelihood of some location tracker on it um remember that even if you delete someone from a from seeing you, what your post, that they're friends. If you're friends with a similar friend, you, they may still be able to see what you post. You may think you've deleted that person, but they can still see what you're posting. So uh, you have to really just think twice. And really, if and I am, I have told Paulo, I'm certainly not an expert. This is why we have a lot of young folks working at New Hope. But if you have any questions about it. I would say try to get the information before you decide to do something. You know, uh, there's tips on our website that talks about having more than one email account, using email names that don't have your name. Uh, so some really kind of simple things. Changing your passwords periodically. I mean, I know passwords have been the bane of existence for a lot of us, but I can't stress enough how important that is. Yeah, no, it, it's... Um it's the it, the passwords, and I always said there's also on, on someone's about, and I'm referring to Facebook specifically. You'll have the about. It'll say things, um, you know, it'll have your address. It'll have like the things you, like you specifically like, or the movies or TV shows that you like. You can hide all of that stuff too. Right. Like if you just go in there and hide, and if you're not sure if you did it correctly, you, there's another feature on there. You can always say like view as, mm -hmm. and you could pick that specific person, you know, right. view like what can this person actually see? Right. So it was always like a, like a double check um, for you. And now you have things like Alexa, people have in their houses that we hear are now listening in on people's conversations. So I think this expectation of privacy is becoming uh, less and less. And for me, I find that really scary because Maybe I've been doing this work too long, but my first thought goes to, hmm, how can an abuser use this technology? So. Yeah, and that's the thing because we, we were talking earlier. I mean, even like just social media in general, it can be utilized for so much good and also at the same time. We, we see the cyberbullying. We see the abusers using it to find uh, people. But at the same time, it's also like you have an event you're creating and you post it out there just to get, get people together who want to learn or 
um, you know, uh, express that right. same feeling was and the just event. to educate online. You know, again, getting back to social media and uh, Sexual Assault Awareness Month, we had um, every day during the week during the month. So every Monday, I forget, but we had one day during the week we would uh, put out information about consent, and another day we might put out information about self care. So there were every so for Monday through Friday, we had a different theme for the month, and so every Monday. You know, so really trying to educate people. What is consent? How do you take care of yourself? How do you nurture yourself? So uh, Absolutely. And uh, uh, New Hope's doing some, uh, some great stuff. If they weren't, they wouldn't be around for uh, 40 <laughs> well, years you. starting uh, <laughs> next month. So it's great. Um, do you guys have um, like a long-term goal? Well, what's, what's your vision for New Hope in like the long run? Well, I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. I think, well, obviously our vision is to create communities free from violence and exploitation. That's really our simple vision. But I think what we'd like to do is, again, focus on how can we reach folks who are underserved and also how do we work at the intersection of not just domestic and sexual violence, but how can we work uh, around the larger issues that impact this work, poverty, homelessness, uh, racism, all of these things that we know impact. You know, when a survivor comes in, they're coming in, we look at them as the whole person. They're not just a domestic violence or sexual violence victim. They are a person with particular skills, gifts, concerns. They have, um, you know, job issues maybe, They, but they have, you know, we try to also work from a strength-based pers- uh, perspective. So what are the things we can use to build upon? But we know that uh, all of these things impact people in their lives. So we can't just work in one silo. So I think that's our longer-term vision. Absolutely. That's great to hear. Uh, so again, for uh, our listeners, uh, uh, your next event is May 21st. May 21st. Oh, 7.30 in the morning. It's a breakfast, complimentary breakfast at Dean College. Highlights of Hope. We'll be celebrating our work. We'll be hearing from a couple of survivors, talk about their healing process, and we'll be honoring some folks from the community that have been integral to our work. So Absolutely. And again, if... if um some important phone numbers, I think, for our listeners. Um, I, uh, uh, the, the hotline number uh, you have, I'm not entirely, yeah. I, I can't it's, remember. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm happy to give it. So our hotline number, uh, 1-800-323-HOPE, which is 4673. And I want to say that's a 24-7 live answered hotline. So you could call right now. You could call in the middle of the night over the weekend. Uh, there's always someone there, a live person, to answer the phone. And then if you have any general questions or you want to know about volunteering, um, just questions about New Hope, uh, the organization, it's one five zero eight. 226-4015. That's our business number. And that's, uh, you know, regular business hours, Monday through Friday. Absolutely. And if you have a human resources background, they're looking for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, uh, Marsha, thank you again for coming in today and uh, giving us a little, a little update on, uh, on New Hope. So okay, I appreciate well, thank it. Thank you. I appreciate the invitation. My pleasure. All right. So I think uh, we're, we're going to put uh, Waiting on the World to Change by uh, John Mayer. I think that's uh, a a good segue. So here's Waiting on the World to Change by John Mayer.